Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. And I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. I mean, everybody follows me. I'm so great. He will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he want to go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, you're not that great. Hold it, man, man. I don't want to... for tuning in. If you're listening live, as always, you can give us a call, 929-477-1077. I invite you to follow us on Twitter at MajorityMMA, like us on Facebook, The Majority Decision. And always want to remind you to go ahead and hit the subscribe button to the show. That way you can have show downloaded to your listening device every time a new show comes down. The wire. Hey, how's it going, man? Man, it is going okay. Man, it was a nice day outside today. The weather was good. I just watched uh, Miss Arkansas win Miss America, which uh, is probably one of the weirdest competitions in the world. So I only watched the last three minutes. That way you can see who wins. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, really. What's going on with you? Well, my Sunday evening was spent watching um, the Backlash, the WWE show. Ah, Backlash. I forgot all about Backlash. <laughs> SmackDown's first little show by themselves since it, they split the two shows and made them separate. Pretty good card. Yeah. AJ Styles ended up winning the, the world title. So congratulations oh, to him, awesome. the guy who, yeah, a guy been who, around for a long you know, time. Been around for a long time. Never got a chance to perform on that big stage, and uh, in nine months and being in the WWE, he's already climbed to the top of the mountain. So congratulations to that guy. 
Yeah, definitely, man. I uh, I saw that guy live uh, when he wrestled for TNA. This was uh, probably six years ago. And, uh, you know, TNA wasn't a big show when you go watch that live. There's, I mean, it looks like there's a ton of people there. But the way they got the place set up is why it's like that. Kind of like the time we went and saw Bellator. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm talking about. It's just kind of the way they yep. set up the camera there. It's it's not that there's that many people there at all, but TNA was a it was a fun show to watch. I think Sting was there that night, and I I got to see AJ Styles jump off the rope. I think fly 15 feet straight up into the air, um, do a uh, like a gainer looking swan dive and land shoulder first on somebody outside the ring, which is uh, fun to watch on TV, but even funner to watch live. So. Uh, that guy's that guy's put his body through some pain. Good job, AJ Styles. Yeah, without question. Some a little bit of sad news is we were excited to hear the announcement of uh, Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cerrone, uh, but it seemed like yeah. as quick as they could get that one announced, uh, Robbie Lawler's injured, and that fight, uh, or at least Cerrone, will probably still be on the card, but uh, not not against uh, Robbie Lawler. Yeah, definitely. Kind of uh, that, that was a bummer for me. They actually did a. I don't know if you got the. I don't know if you watch any of it. it was a. Uh, it was an MMA hour interview, and uh, Cerrone was. They asked Cerrone about it, and he said Robbie Lawler told him face to face, man. He said, you know, we, we can't do this fight. I'm, I need to take take a little bit more time off, that sort of thing. And he said. He said a piece of him died a little bit when Robbie Lawler told him that. He said, as a fan, watching that guy fight, he goes, a piece of him died a little bit, and he was kind of shaken up. But he still wants to, uh, like you said, you know, he's still trying to get on that card. He still wants to fight. And uh, what made that interview even better was uh, every now and again, he would reach into his inside coat pocket and pull out a Budweiser and sip on it. It was, it was Donald Cerrone. In true form. Yeah, believe it or not, Dana White posted on his Twitter a screenshot of a text that he got from Cerrone saying, hey, uh, whoever uh, see, you know, hey, I'm in town this weekend. Whoever C.B. Dalloway was going to fight, you know, I brought my gear. I'm ready to go. So he, 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 uh, he was interested in fighting this weekend. Yeah. He was. You know, it's funny. They asked him about, you know, 170 and 155. And, you know, he he made he made a good point. You know, everybody says he looks great at 170, right? To him, it doesn't matter. He says he walks around at 180 pounds. Um, but he, he also went on to say, you know, did everybody forget that, you know, I went, you know, I went on a nine-fight winning streak at 155 pounds. You know, mm-hmm. so it, so I didn't look that bad at 55 either. And he said, you know, now that I'm not fighting Lawler, he goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to gun for Alvarez because I want to fight that guy. Yeah, it, it's been a tough it's been a tough run for him. I mean, in terms of he, he you know, he had a great winning streak, then he lost, then he had a you know, he, he finally gets the shot. And you know gets nailed with a body shot, 
And, um, you know, for a guy who stays as active as he does and who the crowd loves, you know, he's a huge fan favorite. He's always an exciting fighter. You know, he, he's a guy that I think you, you'll want to see eventually get get some gold. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, you know, who doesn't want to see – yeah, who doesn't want to see – so, man, if you're a Cerrone fan, you want to see that guy win the belt. Just like I was excited to see Robbie Lawler win the belt because I'm just a longtime fan. You know, Cerrone puts in the work, man. He comes to fight. He fights anybody. And, uh, you know, that that's a guy you want to see win some gold sometime in his career. Another quick fight news just to throw out there. Um, it looks like uh, Luke Rockhold's going to be defending the belt against uh, Jacques Array coming up in uh, UFC Fight Night 101. Yes. That is uh, awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Luke Rockhold's fighting Jacques Array? Yeah. Sending the belt against Jacques Array. Wait. He doesn't have the belt. Oh, no, I'm anymore. sorry. He can't defend <laughs> the belt. He doesn't have the belt anymore, does he? <laughs> Sorry, Michael Bisbee. He was a he was a one and done. (laughs) He was a one and done. Yeah, he he held on to the the belt so long, you forgot he lost it. Not only did you forget he lost it, you still can't believe that Michael Bisping holds it. So actually won it. it's uh <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty amazing you know Michael Bisping is going to fight Dan Henderson for that belt so uh hopefully none of those guys get injured and we get to see that fight um I don't I don't see uh Luke Rockhold losing to Jacare but uh anything can happen I think they fought once in strike force already Yeah they did and um he he uh he beat Jacare for the strike force middleweight belt so it'll be an interesting matchup to see how, you know, Rockhold's just a great, you know, he's a great kickboxer, and it'll be interesting to see how much improvement, what kind of uh, change in the game plan that Jacare will have versus that fight, you know, way back when, when Luke Rockhold was, you know, only eight, nine fights into his career. You know, now he's been champion. He's fought the best, you know, he's fought the top of the uh, – the list at uh, at middleweight, so um, it's, it'll be an interesting fight. Yeah, I can't. You know, I, I can't wait for that. I just feel like um, I just feel like Rockhold. Rockhold's come a long way since Strikeforce. I just feel like he's going to win that fight. Not to take anything away from Jacare, he just he looks like he's the same guy. He doesn't look like he's changed a whole lot. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't think he's seen a whole lot of striking improvement on him. I mean, everybody knows how dangerous he is on the ground. That's, oh, you know, yeah. that's pretty much been a given his whole career. Um, but, um, you know, when you get to that highest level, like we said time and time again, you know, you can still be great at one thing, and a lot of guys are, but you've got to start getting good at other things too. Because if you don't, you know, you're gonna, you're not going to stay – you're not going to get over that hump. You might be able to hover around that top five, but uh, you're not going to get over that hump uh, being one-dimensional. No, you can't. You can't get over the hump being one-dimensional. Nobody ever does. You have to be good at everything. 
So UFC 203 was was last night. Uh, they drew a great crowd there. They had um, almost 19,000 people. Uh, 2.6 million dollar gate there in the Quicken Loans Arena. Um, this was a this was a weird kind of a weird card for me. Um, just kind of some quirky stuff, and you know, it kind of began I guess for those that that didn't hear or didn't see that you know it began the week kind of began weird with the elevator incident incident that knocked CB Dalloway out of the fight. Um, I don't know, man. Just my overall thoughts on this card was it was just kind of odd. Tell me, I didn't, you know, I don't. I don't even know what what is the elevator incident. I keep hearing about the elevator incident. I'm not even sure what it is, and I didn't even realize CB Tolloway was supposed to be on the card, and that's the reason he wasn't on the card. I didn't even pay attention to that. What uh, what happened there? Yeah. So after you know they after their um, early weigh in um, on I guess, I guess it's Friday morning. Um, a bunch of the guys were in in the hotel. They hit the hit the uh, elevator, and it was like it was where Doom, Faber, and Dalloway, and you know a bunch of coaches. They're in the elevator, trying to get to the next level or wherever it is they're going, and the elevator drops. I guess it malfunctions or something, so it kind oh, of drops. No. Yeah below, you know, a little bit below where it's supposed to be. Well, when that happened, um, I guess Dalloway fell and either scratched his, injured his back somehow, which is what forced him off the fight, but they you know, they were stuck in that elevator for a little bit, and uh, they, they had to pry the doors open and then uh, basically just kind of crawl out of there. Crazy experience. Wow. I did not even know about any of that. That's uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. At, th- at first, when I thought you said elevator incident, I thought you meant he saw his opponent in the elevator and that, uh, you know, they got in a fight or something in the elevator. But now, after hearing that, that's uh, that's even crazier, man, when you're just trapped in a room full of <laughs> you're, you're all trapped in an elevator <laughs> and you can't get out. You're already going crazy because you're cutting weight. I mean, that's... Uh, because I think they weigh in that morning, don't they? Yep. Yeah, that's where they yeah. were. Well, I understand. But that's where the official was. They weigh in that morning. That's nuts, man. I can't even imagine that. Interesting so enough to, the to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks crazy. It was uh, it was kind of a weird card, and uh, even Dana White said all the fights were kind of lackluster, and if it wasn't for the main event. Um, that's what basically saved it. You know, a good friend of mine told me that, you know, the, the pre, the prelims and I didn't get to watch them all were better, um, were much better fights. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, that's the case, man, that happens sometimes. I don't know what that's all about. Um, I, I missed the Verdum fight. And when, so when I, when a buddy of mine texted me and he said uh, yeah, Verdum just kicked the other guy's trainer or whatever it was. <laughs> so so I immediately like, you know, I got on you know, I got on any type of, you know, social media or anything I could find on that deal. And uh, well, it turns out later on, I'm watching the press conference, Verdum says, well man, 
you know, Edmund insulted my mother or something like that. And I watched it, and he just kind of, you know, he barely, you know, love tapped him in the chest with his foot. But I realized, man, that's Edmund. You know, that's uh, Ronda Rousey's coach. And, you know, I just started laughing. I said, man, that guy deserves to get kicked in the chest. Somebody should have done that to him a long time ago. Quickly becoming noted as one of the worst mixed martial arts coaches around. (laughs) And definitely one of the most hated. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't hate the guy. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I yeah, don't hate the guy, yeah. but I'm just like, ah, who cares? You know, it, was, it, it was just when I saw it was him, I was like, man, who cares? Why is that guy squaring up toward Doom and, and you know, and, and running his mouth to him? I don't even get it. I don't even understand. I don't, I don't even know what that was all about, so. We don't know what really happened. I guess we'll just have to find out about it later when they all get fined. No, it was absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, to to the point of the guy's terrible coaching, I mean, Travis Brown is is getting beaten the entire fight. You know, where Doom didn't look, like, impressive or anything. But, I mean, he's clearly – Yeah, he's clearly winning the fight. And uh, the Edmund guy is just basically giving him the BJ Penn coach speech. Hey, Travis Brown, don't worry about your finger. F your finger and F this and go go mess that guy up and blah, blah, blah. No, no in-between round adjustments, no criticism. Hey, you need to not do this. You need to do that. Just absolute garbage. And, um you know, I, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't know what is, what is an MMA fighter thinking when they're, you know, I know there's a lot more to it than just the in between the round things, you know, because they went to, you know, you go to fight camps and, and all and those other kind of things too. But, you know, if, you, if you've got a coach on your team that you're relying on and he's not giving you pointers or corrections in the middle of a fight that you're losing, well, what is, why is that guy even there? Right. You know, they should have just had Ron been there or something. I mean, what 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 what, what is that guy even doing there? Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, you know, for you to coach the guy and to tell him it's one thing. You know, BJ Penn's coaches were one thing, right? You know, they rode the BJ Penn wave for so long, right, and saw that that guy knew how to make adjustments that they didn't know what to do when he finally, you know, when he got to Frankie Edgar and they didn't know what to tell him. They did not know how to correct him because they were so used to watching him do it by himself, right, and just encouraging him in between rounds. Edmund's the same way. Travis Brown's current trainer now. Rode the Ronda Rousey way, right? Ronda Rousey, who was somebody who just through her own athletic prowess made adjustments as she went along when she needed to make adjustments. And then when she went up against somebody who finally gave her a real fight, right, he didn't know what to tell her. He had no idea what to tell her, and he's supposed to be a great stand-up coach. And, I mean, he didn't even tell her to move her head. I don't don't even understand what – you know, that's – and that's going backwards, but, you know, that and that leads up to, you know – Travis Brown last night, you know, Travis Brown, phenomenal heavyweight, great athlete for his size, all the heavyweights on nowadays. And, 
if you can't fix your guy, especially at a crucial fight like that, you know, if you can't fix your guy in between rounds, you know, what's he, how's he ever going to get to the top? Travis Brown is a very talented guy. And he probably you know, could have beat Verdum. Edmund is, look, that guy hit the lottery the moment that Ronda yeah. Rousey stepped foot in his gym. And that, that is the only reason, apparently, that uh, he is where he is today. And, uh, yeah. you know, the, the moment that, that Ronda Rousey smartens up and drops this guy and goes to a real camp with real coaches, um, you know, this guy's career probably as a mixed martial arts trainer is going to be over. That, that, that's my perception. Now, obviously, I'm not a yeah. fighter. I don't know details and all that. But that's the perception that that whole situation gives off to me. Yeah. Now, it's not to say he couldn't be a good trainer, right? But when when you train somebody for so long that's just, you know, a phenomenal athlete, a freak of nature, and, you know, they're able to make just quirky adjustments, on, you know, on their own in the middle of things, and you're not really having to do anything but, you know, train them, keep them fit, and keep them going, you you know, when you don't really have to advise them, how how do you do it to anybody else, you know, who you're taking in there, right, who who has the goal of becoming a champion? Because it's like you said, the Risho were doomed didn't look that great last night. Travis Brown probably could have stepped up and won that fight had he been given a few adjustments to make. And, uh, you know, he might as well have been in there cornering himself. Yeah, you know, and another case in point uh, on Travis Brown, to me, Travis Brown has gotten worse. Travis Brown, to me, yeah. has gotten worse. I mean, he went yeah. from knocking out Gabriel Gonzaga, knocking out Alistair Overeem, knocking out Josh Barnett, and it was down, it's been downhill from there. Um, so, it, it, it I, I don't know, but it, it is what it is, I guess, for those guys, and as long as they want to, uh, you know, keep people like that and they're on their team, then you know they, they get what they deserve because it's their decision. Uh, yeah. Uh, two, two quick, two quick fight notes um, before we get into uh, uh, CM Punk and, and of course the main event. The, for me, uh, and 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 I want and I know what you want to think about both these fights. Best Correa, Jessica I. I thought uh, Jessica I was completely robbed. I thought she won that fight. Um, I thought the judges made a bad decision on that. Uriah Faber uh, and you, Jimmy Rivera. I thought Rivera was going to win that fight, and he did. Um, Faber just, man, he just continues to look like, um, you know, he's getting towards the end of his career. Yeah. You know, Faber fought a good up-and-coming kid, and usually he holds pretty strong against people like that. You know, you know the last few times they've uh, made him the gatekeeper, he's uh, he shut those guys down. And, um, you know, yes, yesterday showed that maybe it's starting to catch up with him. Either that or maybe now he's just getting to the point where, you know, 35 is just not the way to do it. Is not the way to go for him. If he's going to fight, he needs to continue to fight, you know, at 45 or 55 where, you know, weight may not affect him as much because that probably takes its toll on you, you know, when you get to the age of 36, 37. You know, what I think is one of the major things that he's, that he's lacking is a difference in speed. 
Um, the speed's not there anymore. He's not obviously faster than most of the people that he fights anymore. And, um, you know, it, it might be it might be wise for him to, to go back up to 45 and, uh, yeah. you know, see if he can regain some of that. Because those guys at that weight class, their speed is just, most of them at least, is killer. And Faber has definitely lost some of his foot speed, his ability to move in and out quickly. And I think I think it's really detracting from his overall ability to just to fight the way he wants to fight. Yeah, yeah, that you know he probably stays within weight, but I I would think that making the extra cuts a little harder too, because his last fight before yesterday was at forty five. I'm, I mean thirty five. Then he did a forty five before yeah, that. No, he fought for the title, but then he, but then he, but then before that he did fight at forty five a couple of times. And at forty five he looked okay, so I don't I don't know why he just doesn't. Uh, you know, he just doesn't stay there. Look, it seems like he's having more trouble at the lower, lower weight. So CM Punk and Mickey Gall, we both were pulling for CM Punk because nobody gave him a chance. And it turns out that everybody was right. He didn't have a chance. <laughs> um, I think um, this is what this is my this is what I take away. The, the two major things that I take away from the fight. Number one, CM Punk did not look like. Obviously, he didn't deserve to be there. So that's a given. No. But he looked like right. to me like he was just happy to be there. Number one, just happy to be there. Right. Not uh, not really focused on fighting. Number two, he was caught between I think the fighter that he envisioned himself being and the fighter that he needed to be, because for him to rush across the cage blindly like he did with a brown belt in jujitsu on the other end of the cage, that's that's just stupid because he got exactly right. what he should have known was coming. And that's a double leg. So. Yeah. That, you know, when I, God, that was, uh, I, I did get to watch that fight. I didn't get to watch it live, but I got to watch that fight, you know, later on. And see, you're right. He looked happy when he walked out, you know, he came out. And if you, if you look at all the interviews, everything leading up to that point, Everything leading up to that, you know, I I applaud Phil Brooks for going out there and doing it. You know, obviously, if he wasn't CM Punk, if he wasn't that person, then he wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to do what he did last night. But but that's okay. That's just he just took one. He took one. He he self made. He took one dream and turned it into another. So. You know, he made the walk. He did what he did. He was humble about it. And, uh, you know, I rooted for him, but I, I basically knew deep down inside what was going to happen. Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree. I think, um, you know, he did it the right way. He was humble. He's been very respectful just to the entire experience because I, I think he does realize, and he said to himself that, hey, I, you know, I don't belong here. This is not, you know, this was right. just an opportunity that came in front of me. And he, just like anybody else, any one of us that have a dream of fighting or, or whatever, would have taken it, you know. Nobody right. was going to turn the UFC down. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, you know, and, and then, of course, Daniel Cormier case, said it best. A fat paycheck came along yeah. with it, too. Daniel Cormier, and not that he really even needs money, but Daniel Cormier well, said it best, man. He he was given an opportunity that a lot of people probably would have turned down. 
had they been asked to cross over and venture into that. So it's, uh, you know, you got to applaud them for doing that, man. It's not, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Stipe Miocic and uh, gets the uh, KO over Alistair Overeem. Um, <laughs> Overeem, number one, clearly uh, continues to get smaller as steroids are no longer a part of his, allegedly, steroids <laughs> are no longer a part of his diet. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't what shocked me the most. What shocked me the most was he just looked like garbage to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't want to take anything away from Stipe, but after he went for the guillotine and wasn't able to finish the fight, uh, he looked, uh, he was running. He, I don't know what he was doing. It looked terrible. He looked terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible, I say. Yeah. You know, Alistair Overeem, man, I can't figure it out. It's like, which Overeem are you going to get? You know, and since he's he's taken so many shots to the chin on the UFC and gotten knocked down after, you know, being ahead in the fight, he, t- he tries to fight cautiously, and it looks like he, he blew his wad trying to tap Stipe out. And uh, after that, I just didn't know what to do. So I had a feeling uh, Stipe was going to hold it down in Cleveland, and he did. Yeah, he did. Congratulations to him. Um, and it was an exciting fight for, yeah, you know that that four minutes that it was. Uh, congratulations to him. There's more to talk about, so we'll try to pick up the conversation on Friday at uh, ten o'clock. So everybody have a great week and uh, check out the show this Friday.